So US CPI tonight and all eyes are focused on there. But let's not forget the Bank of Canada. They meet tonight as well. All the FOMC minutes when we're hanging out for every word from central banks these days for a clue of what is next. Uh, the Fed has a new board member as well, sounding a little more dovish than others. And what about the RBA? With Australia still doing pretty well, comparatively speaking, evidenced by yesterday's NAB business survey and consumer confidence high, really because rates didn't go up last time, because almost everywhere the assumption is now, of course, inflation has peaked. It is Wednesday, the 12th of April, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has fallen back a bit this morning. It's down 0.4% on the DXY. The rise in the Aussie is a bit less than that, though. It's up just 0.2% to 66.5 US cents. The big rise has been in the euro, which is up half percent. The pound is up a third of 1%. Stocks are on the rise. Well, they were, but they paired back quite a bit at close. So just a 0.3% gain for the Dow. The S&P 500 actually finished flat in the end and a 0.4% drop for the Nasdaq. In the UK, the FTSE 100 was up 0.6% almost as much for the Eurostox 50. Uh, None of that compares with the stellar day yesterday for the ASX 200 that was up 1.3%. European bond yields pushing much higher, up between 12 and 14 across Europe, 12 for 10-year bonds, almost 16 for two-year bonds. Uh, It's a Europe thing, though, because in the US, 10-year treasuries are up just one basis point, less than four higher for two years. Aussie 10 years were up four yesterday to 3.22%, about four basis points more than that on uh, futures overnight and oil bouncing back just the way OPEC likes it 2.1% rise in WTI Brent up 1.6% up to 85.50 a barrel and Sky Masters joins me today from NAB in Sydney and the big number tonight obviously Sky US inflation 10.30 tonight Sydney and Melbourne time uh, so we're expecting the headline rate down the core rate though might tick up a little uh, that's what's expected. I guess we've been expecting it for a while. So n- no big movement in bonds in the US. But as I was saying, big bond movement in uh, movements happening in Europe. Morning, Phil. Yes, um, big movements in in European bond yields. But I, I wouldn't, you know, read too much into it. I, that's just sort of the catch up um, post mm. the US payrolls report. So uh, you know, you spoke about it with Ray. Yesterday, um, the reaction in in Treasuries post that payrolls print, um, you know, most markets were were closed, and so you're just seeing that catch up um, as we start as we start the new week. So nothing too much more than that I th- to read into the the movements in European bond yields. Um, yeah, as you know, very little data prints. Um, overnight um, to to impact market sentiment. Yeah, well, markets sort of have come around to the expectation now, haven't they, that inflation has peaked. So unless we see something that's going to uh, take us away from that idea, perhaps we're not going to see a big market reaction to the uh, to the US CPI number tonight either. It'll be it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously what the print is tonight, and and then the market reaction um, to to see a big rally um, or, or you know push lower in, in bond yields, so th- you know, the, the print does have to come in um, quite a bit below below expectations. Uh, yeah, markets are, are pretty well priced for you know, the, the, the pause in, in central bank tightening or, or the end of the end of the you know, Fed tightening cycle and, and then a quick turnaround in, in the Fed taking rates lower, which in my view still is. I think the market is 
um, is getting a bit ahead of itself in terms of pricing in in cuts. But I mean, that is exactly what Jerome Powell said, isn't it? Of course, you know. So we get the FOMC minutes this morning uh, from that March the twenty third meeting uh, when, of course, they raised rates by twenty five basis points. The market was then still expecting that it was going to tend to cuts. And Jerome Powell at the press conference, you might remember, said that you know he thought the markets were basically getting ahead of themselves uh, and he didn't see cuts this year at all as their baseline he is basically what he he spelled out in the press conference but clearly no one's listening to him because they're still expecting it yes i mean you know market pricing um you know investors are certainly um pricing in rate cuts by the fed later this year i mean with with the fed that that's sort of forward guidance um you know they're hardly going to want to <laughs> support current market pricing or or even give give any sort of suggestion that they might be thinking of cutting later this year um you know that clearly you know the the path of of cash rates will be driven by by the the sort of path of data that 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 sort of unfolds through through the year. So I'm not ruling out that the Fed doesn't cut later this year, but I think market pricing um, is, is, you know, as I said, the market's got well ahead of itself. So I think in terms of the inflation print tonight, you know, may, maybe you're correct. Maybe, maybe you know, we've built it up to be this big event and, and maybe we see very little um, reaction from, from markets. Um, we'll wait and see. Well, it's, it's difficult to know, isn't it? Because we're getting mixed signals even from the Fed themselves. So Neil Kashkari is on the speaker circuit today, well before that uh, CPI number. Uh, but I mean, generally, you know, we've been getting fairly hawkish uh, views from the Fed, but they've got their new member, uh, Austin Goolsby from uh, the Chicago Fed, warning that the Fed is raising rates too aggressively. And interestingly, Bloomberg this morning uh, talking about, you know, if you believe the uh, the ardent monetarists, they're all there saying, you know, we're seeing this falling away of money supply. If we see a fall of in, in money supply and the, the slowdown in the velocity of money, that is going to cause a slowdown. The Fed and central banks don't, don't need to do, raise rates too much to see that happen. That all depends on, you know, what your philosophy is around how much of inflation is caused by the supply of money, which we haven't got time to, <laughs> time to discuss today. But there's a million one arguments about which way it can go, of course. Yeah, I mean, Williams was out overnight saying that um, um, you know, one more rate increase was a reasonable starting place. Um, whereas, as you said, Goolsby, mm. Goolsby, how do I pronounce that? Goolsby? I think Goolsby, I'm saying Goolsby. Goolsby. We, we can both be wrong, <laughs> so long as we're consistent now for the rest of <laughs> rest of time. Um, it was, you know, more pointing to, uh, you know, being careful about raising rates too aggressively, as you said. So, um, but but I don't, I mean, really, is there anything new in that, Phil? Um, you know, the, mm. the market's sort of, we're only really saying that maybe the Fed has to do one more rate hike. So I don't think right here, right now, anyone's suggesting um, that the Fed needs to do another series of, of rate hikes. So I, I you know, I sure um, that's a little bit more... Um, um, you know, less less hawkish those, those comments, but as I said, I don't read too much into that at all. Um, and then none of those comments are supporting, you know, market pricing of, of rate cuts. So, so to me, really, that's what I'm I'm looking at now is is where to from you know from from now to the end of the year. What what to what to central banks do? And I don't think anyone's out, any central banker is out there as as we talked about earlier. Um, any central bank is out there saying that you know they're going to be cutting. Yeah, 
It's here. Anytime it, soon. No. Well, and, you know, the question is one or two or more. So uh, two, you know, seems to be the consensus for the ECB, doesn't it? And yet, uh, you know, we're getting such mixed numbers coming out of uh, Europe and particularly the UK. So uh, retail sales uh, consistently falling for, for Europe, for example, year on year for February, down 3%. Uh, it was expected it was going to be worse than that. And Jan- January's 2.4% drop was revised a little uh, to a, two, a 1.8% drop, but still negative numbers. So we've got this big fall in retail uh, in Europe, but we're expecting that we're going to see uh, two more rate rises coming out of the ECB. Uh, in the UK, the British Retail Consortium, their retail survey showed uh, sales up 5.1% in March, uh, above a three-month average of uh, 4.8%. Uh, so good sales are actually up 8.5%. So, you you know, you thought maybe that would cause inflation concerns, but we're not expecting too much from the Bank of England, perhaps because the IMF is predicting the UK is the only place in the G20 which is actually going to see their GDP fall, 0.3% fall for, for the UK this year. So, you know, it's uh, resilient data, but everyone predicting uh, almost the end of the world for the UK. But it keeps on, again, keeps on surprising. Yes, well, I mean, it it does, um, and you know, I, I think just listening to you there just highlights the the mix of data that we're getting, uh, you know, across different jurisdictions, and and you know, it's 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 very hard to navigate um, through all of this, and and really. Mm. Um, work out what what central how central banks are going to re- react uh, going going forward, um, yeah. and you know we just have to take each each month as it comes um, in terms of in terms of the key data prints. Um, you know the IMF has revised lower its its growth forecast, but but not not significantly. Um, you know if you look at on paper, its forecast probably look. A tad optimistic, um, but it has sort of highlighted that there are sort of the risks are skewed to to the downside, um, with the chances of sort of a hard landing um, having having risen sharply since they produced their previous forecast back in January. So let's have a look at what we saw from Australia yesterday, then, because we had the the NAB business survey. So business conditions and business confidence rose a little last month. Uh, the good news, that, that, I mean, obviously they could rise a lot more, but the good news aside from all of that is the pricing and cost pressures, which seem to be easing. So uh, 2.3% growth in, in labour costs in Q1. Uh, of course, that compares with 1.1% pre-COVID, so still high. But purchase costs have shown a bigger fall, again, still well before where we were uh, before COVID, but all heading in the right direction, obviously. Yes, yeah, so it was a, you know, a very good um, NAB business survey, um, you know, reflecting um, ongoing continued strength in, in business conditions. Uh, so, you know, while the, the number fell marginally um, it, it remains well above its long run long run average um, so, so you know that was you know interesting for Australia you know in Australia business conditions are continue to remain um, elevated um, and sort of stand out across you know ac- across the globe in terms of um, you know business conditions in in, in the US um, in in particular. Uh, if you look into the detail, the trading conditions remain elevated um, and sort of indicating that businesses continue to experience strong demand um, and conditions are generally strong across most most states and sectors. Uh, so, you know, when I look at this print, it's quite interesting when you think, well, you know, the RBA is paused. 
um, at a time where, you know, businesses are still positive. Um, and, and as you said, sort of confidence, confidence is, is weak, but, but it has, it has, in, has improved um, over, the, over the last month. On the, on the price data, yes, um, the me measures have showed an easing um, and a sort of supporting that expectation that inflation may have peaked in, in Q4. But, um, you know, our economists are saying that the rate of price growth um, and underlying pressures still remain well above normal level levels. So, you know, inflation is, is may have peaked, but the data is still saying it's well above. Um, it's, it's still elevated. And, I mean, presumably that's, that helps consumer confidence because that rose a lot in the data that we saw yesterday, up 9.4% month on month to 885 Uh I mean, that came out, that was just after the RBA had uh, rates on hold. So I guess if people were thinking, well, inflation has peaked, I'm not going to see my mortgage rising uh, too much higher, that's going to boost consumer confidence, isn't it? Yes, we definitely saw that in, in the consumer confidence report, as you said, sort of up quite strongly, up nearly 10%. And, you know, clearly the our RBA's decision to pause um, was, was viewed as, as a positive by, by consumers. Um, so maybe we see it come back a little bit in in the next in the next month, um, but you know it, it clearly shows how sensitive um, Aussie consumers are to um, to the RBA. And the other good news, I guess, is consumer inflation and producer prices in China down. So March's CPI figure, 0.7% uh, year on year, down from one percent uh, before that. PPI uh, year on year down two and a half percent. Uh, so the question is, how much of that is going to pass through the supply chain to other countries? Are we going to get back to the good old days when China's exports were deflationary? Uh, I mean, could we see that happen? I wonder. Oh, we definitely, we definitely uh, could feel. Um, you know, yes. You know, it, it's interesting when you look. You know, inflation in in China does does sort of stand out um, relative to to the rest of the globe, um, and you know. Uh, Maybe there are a lot of central banks crossing their fingers, hoping that you do see some of the the weakness in in price pressures in China, um, yeah. sort of exported out into into other countries. Well, look, but we, it, we might be doing more with them as well, of course, because we've you know hopefully we've got an end to China's tariffs on uh, Australian barley, so a bit more uh, Aussie China trade as well, and new wine loans as well shooting up in March as well, uh, the second highest number for the last twelve months. So uh, more soon, hopefully, from China as well. But look, we've got the Bank of Canada coming up tonight. Um, now they are expected to be on hold again, even though we saw last week the jobs market. If, any, if anything is getting tighter there, economic growth coming in higher than uh, the Bank of Canada predicted as well. But I guess inflation has been coming down. So that's the, that's their saving grace. Hence the expectation that they're not going to move anything. Yeah, so the expectation is that they are on, they are on hold again at, at the meeting tonight. Uh, but possibly also that, you know, they maintain a, a, a tightening a tightening bias. So sort of leaving the mm. door open for the potential for further hikes if, if needed. Um Watch the data, so, as usual. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> well, there's, well, I mean, you know, there's a risk, you know, surely there is a risk that they could they could tighten policy, um, but the expectation is that they remain on on hold. But to your point, you know, the, some of it's the data has, yeah. has remained 
quite strong yeah, and absolutely. resilient. Look, uh, crude oil inventories overnight tonight as well. Governor Bailey from the Bank of England, he's talking twice overnight. Uh, the first of the bank earnings later on there, First Republic Bank, but the big banks uh, kicking off on Friday with Citigroup, JP Morgan and Wells Fargo uh, and the other big ones next week as well. Uh, but of course, you know, it is US CPI is the number we're hanging out for tonight. So we'll see what, uh, what that does uh, to the scheme of things. Uh, good to talk and uh, we'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, Guy. Thanks, Phil. And that's it. That's Wednesday morning's morning call racing through the week, aren't we? Back tomorrow morning for Thursday's edition. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. I'll see you then.